he told me it's either you continue complaining or you quit complaining, pick yourself back up and be resourceful and find out what you can do from here. Welcome to the Game On Podcast. In this series, I interview ordinary people who make great decisions to live extraordinary lives. And my desire is that more ordinary people can live more extraordinary lives. So have you ever wondered what's it like uh, to learn a second skill that could possibly generate multiples more uh, income than your day job? So this is what Sean Josiah did and still does today. And describing what he does in three simple words, sending simple emails. Today, Sean Josiah is a multimillionaire at just 29 years old. And he's the founder of Perpetual Income 365, a beginner level email marketing program that aims to turn ordinary people into 10K per month online entrepreneurs. And he's also a founder of Email Profit Academy, an advanced email marketing training academy with 100% success rate that has seen some individuals turn into seven-figure internet affiliates by simply sending simple emails. He's also on this grand mission to help 10,000 ordinary people break out from the rat race and live their best life yet. So today, we will actually be looking at Sean's mindset and decision-making um, how he sees potential in things, how he finds courage to venture into the unknown and unfamiliar, so that Sean, who calls himself an ordinary neighborhood boy, can earn the right to have all that he has today. So welcome, Sean, to the Game On Podcast. It's my pleasure. Awesome, man. You. Thanks for the kind introduction, Josh. Well, uh, yeah, so ordinary guy. Yeah, so I'm just an ordinary guy. Um, I came from a HDB background. My parents were not millionaires. They're very ordinary people. Um, yeah, it's great to be here. You don't want to go anywhere because in the middle of the show, Sean will be revealing one secret that enabled him to achieve his first million by the age of 27. Now, back to the show. Alright. Can you um, share something that few people know about you? Something that few people know about me? Uh, I think not many people know that I made my first million while having a day job. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think not many people know that. Um, not many people know that uh, I used to be in the military. Um, yeah, and while I was there, I was actually hustling uh, nonstop. Um, okay, I actually built my business in university. So not many people know the, 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 the kind of like struggles that, uh, that I faced when I started building my business, uh, especially in university. And also what's the motivation behind it? Um, so yeah, I, maybe I just share my, the motivation behind me wanting to build, out, uh, build up something on the side was actually for my wife. Um, back then, she's my girlfriend. So she was actually working for her dad and um, she hated it. She was in the job for about three years and she told me that she wanted to do her own thing. But she can't, you know, because she's held uh, bounded by her dad. And because salary and all that was, was uh, it was important for her. So she can't just leave. And I, I told her, you know what, just give me about one to two years. Let me create something. Uh, let me find something so that I could replace your income. So that was the whole um, motivation behind it. I wanted to retire her so that she can do whatever she wants, which is what I've done. So um, in... In about two years from when I began this journey back in 2015, all the way, uh, and then in two years' time, I actually managed to retire her, and she's now doing whatever she wants. She's now a makeup artist, a full-time makeup artist, you know, instead of a desk-bound uh, person. So that was the, the, the main motivation um, for me to start this whole journey. Wow, that's amazing. The desire uh, of, of love. Uh, <laughs> 
test really like uh, unfamiliar and unknown places. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm glad that it's paying off for, for you. Yeah. How do you identify the opportunity to be what you're doing today? And then um, can you also explain what affiliate marketing is for those who are, might, might not be familiar with the topic? Okay, so uh, I believe that uh, opportunities are everywhere um, and you, you need to uh, open your eyes to them. And so the problem is that we don't know what we don't know, right? If you don't know something, you will never be able to achieve it. So you got to be curious enough to find out what are the possibilities out there. And uh, I remember when I first um, got started with wanting to create an income from home or want to create an income online, I actually went to Google how to make money online and how to make money from home. And there are tons of solutions out there. And that, that actually opened my eyes to what, to what other people are not seeing because they are just not um, aware that such things exist, right? Um, so how I chance upon opportunities is I created, uh, I mean, it's already there, but I created them because I took the initiative to explore. Um, how I chance upon email marketing itself is also through program. So what I did was to pay a lot of money. In fact, I spent more than five figures on personal development, personal growth. Um, and I just try all sorts of make money online uh, or make money from home type of uh, methodologies. So I tried things like Forex trading, how to sell ebook on Amazon, domain flipping, uh, email marketing, stocks and investment trading and all that stuff. So out of all these that I've tried, only one or two succeeded. The rest of them um, went down the drain, but it's fine. At least I know what are the possibilities out there and at least I know what um, is suitable for me. So um, be daring to try uh, and also opportunities are out there. You need to go out and find them. They are not going to come to you if you're going to stay in your same uh, circle of friends or if you're just going to stay comfortable where you are. They won't be knocking on your door. Yeah, so you got to go out there and find it. <clears throat> um, and what is affiliate marketing or what's email marketing? It's, um, it's very simple. Basically, an affiliate is a middleman, right? Um, so an affiliate doesn't require um, any products, uh, all they do is to connect the buyer with the vendor and that's all. Um, so you can be an affiliate. In fact, there's tons of affiliate programs like for example, Amazon. You can even be a, be, be a middleman for Amazon. You can connect buyers and sellers. Um, and for me, I do um, mainly digital products. So everything is digital. So it's information products. They can be MP3s, they can be video trainings, they can be softwares and all that. So I'm the middleman to provide solutions for, uh, for customers who are looking for these products. And then I'll go and source for these products and sell it to them. And as, a, as, a, as an affiliate marketer in the digital space, my commissions is anywhere from 75% all the way to 90% oh, of the wow. entire sale. It's really high because there's no overhead costs. Um, there's no office rent. There's no staffs involved and all that. So all these vendors, they're willing to pay that high for, for you to bring the sale to them. So all I do is to build up my email list, list of people who are interested in what I'm going to sell, all right? Um, build up that email list, uh, that email database, and keep selling them related product, keep adding value to them on related products, and then eventually they're going to pick it up, and eventually I'm going to make that sale. So that's affiliate marketing in a nutshell uh, for those of you guys who are curious about it. Did this um, start out as a passion? Um... Because many of our listeners will probably be thinking, you know, I also want to start something, but I don't know where to begin. How do you know that email was for you? And how do you know that, you know, the other things that you tried out 
that went down the drain um, were, were not for you. Um, I think one big thing that I look out for when I try and when I venture into businesses is scalability. Um, scalability doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, the more time you put in, the bigger it grows, you know. Um, that's, not, um, that's not my definition. My definition of it is that the more, um, the more time you build in, uh, the more time you put in, obviously it's going to grow bigger. But um, at, to a certain point in time, I don't want to put in more time for the business to grow. I want it to grow without me putting in more time and effort, you know? So that's one of the key things that I was looking out for. Um, so in email marketing, when I first um, chanced upon it, I realized that this business model is a bit different because the bigger your list size is or the bigger your email database is, the more money you're going to make because it's, uh, it's a probability game, right? So if you were to throw like this product to your entire list, if you've got more people, obviously you're going to make more sales, right? The chances of, of getting it is higher, um, of getting a sales higher. So um, I look at scalability in that sense where I can retain the amount of effort and time that I put into the business, but the business still, still grow. So all you need to do is to use money to purchase more ads, to build my list. And every day I'm just sending out an email to all of them with the same amount of time, 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. So um, that makes perfect sense to me. And with... Um, so that was the, the biggest criteria that I look out for. The second one that I look out for is, is it remote? Um, can I do it from anywhere in the world? You know, if I were to find a side hustle that's non-remote, then I might as well take up a full-time job, right? I might as well take up two jobs. So the next one was actually uh, whether I have the flexibility of time and whether I can run it from anywhere in the world. So this business model also fits that criteria. Um, so when I saw it, I'm like, I think this is the one that I want to uh, dive deep into. So um, yeah, I guess those are the things that I actually look out for. And I've tried many others, like for example, Forex trading, day trading and all that. I put in time um, and of course I get more returns, right? Because I'm constantly trading, you know, like just for example, right? Um, but of course that one can be scaled. So if I put in more money, obviously I can make more. But the problem is that I don't want to be working on it uh, for long hours. I don't want to be day trading the whole day. So that wasn't for me. So, so yeah, so that's how I, I sort of um, find, find a middle ground of uh, how to, which business model to dive deep into. I agree with the scalability part because um, in my role, in my, in my role as a FA, right? Uh, you can always be speaking from one to one. Uh, and it, that same hour, you're just speaking to one person. You know, but um, you know, when I was in my second or third year of my business, I started to do corporate talks, and it would be like mm. one to fifty, one to hundred people, yeah. And then they are still also getting that same value, but now hundred lives are actually getting it, yeah. So yes, um, yeah, yes, so, so exactly. I really agree with that, uh. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So owning an email list is about the same. You know, like you are broadcasting a message to as many people who are, who are, you know, to the number of people who that, that's in your list. Mm. So the bigger you build, you know, it's like you having like a stage presence and speaking to like thousands of people at once. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, because, because we are in this season of, of the pandemic, right? How has that affected or improved your business? Okay. Um, very good question. A lot of people think that um, 
because of pandemic, everything's going to go downhill. Uh, but there are industries that during the pandemic goes uphill, right? Um, so for example, Zoom, uh, like the one that we're using, technology companies, everything goes up because we are all working from home. Um, my business actually improved um, about 30% um, because of the pandemic. And the reason is because everyone is staying home to buy stuff. Um, everyone is... Um, not going to work. So all the attention spent is now shifted to the online world. And me as an affiliate, I'm very happy that, that you know, everyone is, is, is working from home, you know, because now they have more attention on their phones. They have more, more attention on things that they can't do at work, yeah. right? So when I start selling uh, products to them, um, I get higher open rates on my email. I get higher attention spend, uh, spend and also I get more sales, right? So I would say... Um, my the, the model that I'm working uh, with is very much recession proof. Um, and also, uh, I think because everyone is buying behavior is shifting to the online world, uh, I think it's going to be more beneficial uh, for me and for my students. Yeah, so we have seen, uh, seen a growth in sales and we are thankful for that. And I think it will continue to stay like this because more and more people are, are, are working from home and more, more of them are trusting the internet. To, they are okay with that now. So yeah, all good. <laughs> what, what is one thing that you and your students realize, right? You know, the importance of learning a second skill or the importance of having a second stream of income that most other people actually like, neglect. Ah, uh, so um, before I got started with, uh, with everything that I've, that I've done, um, I actually picked up a book and that book is called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, I think many of you guys have, have, have read it. So Rich Dad Poor Dad is actually the book that, that did the first mindset shift for me. Uh, you know, I must acquire cash producing assets. So that's what uh, Robert Kiyosaki advocates, right? So um, from that point onwards, every time when I, when I make a decision to invest into something, I would think, number one, is it producing me cash flow? Uh, and, 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 and number two, is, is there a leverage for me to, to use? Like, is there something that I can build without spending more time, right? So um, when, when I first got started, that was my entire mindset. And even to now, uh, I would say that the number one thing I look out for is cash flow um, regarding whatever businesses that I'm in and regarding every investment that I'm into. Cash flow is still king. And with cash flow, you can quit your job. With cash flow, you don't have to worry about your bills. Right, so um, I'm a huge advocate for cash flow, and my own personal take um, that that I share with my students is this: if you want to buy like a luxury car, or if you want to buy like a like a luxury bag, don't buy it with your active income. So active income is what you trade time for money, right? So it's what you trade time for. That's your active income. You want to use your passive income to pay for luxuries. And to get passive income, you first need to invest in cash flow producing assets, right? And then using that cash flow to buy your luxury goods. Yeah. <clears throat> and so um, that's what I share with my community. And ultimately, you want to attain financial freedom. So financial freedom means that your passive cash flow from all of your assets, right, um, is more than your, 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 your monthly expenses. All right, so you, you, really, you really need to know what you're spending on every month. And if let's say you're spending $3,000 a month, right, in your entire household, then your cash flow from passive assets must exceed 
for you to be financially free. Yeah, so that's the formula that I based it on. So right now, what I'm trying to build is also to, um, to build my business on a on a passive, uh, on a on a passive sort of like cost um, reduction structure. That means, um, all of my staffs, all of my employees, all of my um, all my overheads that I used to run online, everything is paid off with a passive flow of income from some other asset. So that's what I'm trying to achieve right now because running a business itself uh, is expensive. So I try not to use the business revenue or the business income to pay off all these expenses, but to put all this income and to allocate them, uh, allocate a percentage back into the business and also another percentage into, into cash flow producing assets. And these assets are going to generate me uh, cash flow to pay off my expenses and then the the company becomes a cash cow right everything is paid off by itself i don't have to worry about when do i have enough to pay off my guys yeah so um i practice that for my business i practice that for my life as well um and that's what i i taught all my students well i, I hope that you guys are taking notes yeah because uh sean, <laughs> sean just shared you know really uh hidden gems uh so, so to kind of recap <laughs> Uh, till, till now is uh, he shared about three things right one is scalability yeah he uh, before he goes into any venture he looks at scalability uh, so that you know the, the more time uh, it doesn't mean that the more time you put into it the more results it is but it's more of like for that same amount of time that you, you, you can put into something uh, how do you amplify that the results yeah and then where the second one is remote you know can can he do it do something anywhere in the world uh, or can he not be doing it right? Then money comes in. Yeah. Uh, so so that even if let's say he has a day job, uh, he's still making money elsewhere. Yeah. And the third one is actually cash flow. So it's really buying assets that generates money to pay off expenses. So he does it in his own life. He does it in his now his business as well. In the meantime, please don't quit your job. I won't advocate that. Uh, don't quit your job just yet. So once this cash flow exceeds your, your active income, there you go. You can leave your job whenever you like. Yeah. So by saying that, are you, uh, are you suggesting to reinvest into this new business venture or to you know, uh, spread your eggs into other investments that give the cash flow? Good question. Uh, okay, so we have to have different portfolios of things. Okay, um, so the, the number one thing you want to do if you are still in the day job is to educate yourself, right? You want to educate yourself on what are the different opportunities out there. So you want to pick up what I call a high paying skill. Okay, so high paying skill has, there are many forms of high paying skills. Like for me, email marketing is a high paying skill um, because of the number of hours I put in and the returns that I get back. So if, you know, I put in just one hour a day writing emails, but the returns I get back is humongous, you know, and um, it's, it's based on how much I want to scale the business. So that's a high paying skill to me based on my hourly rate. Things like uh, investment and trading as well. Um, those are also high paying skill because um, you can basically double your money in like the shortest period of time. So these are skill sets that are high paying skill sets. Um, and I would suggest anyone who is who still have a job to first pick up a high paying skill, invest in yourself, be okay to pay that few thousands of dollars to experts because that was what I've done. You know, that's how you shortcut your learning curve, right? You don't want to, you know, uh, try to spend all your time trying to figure things out on your own. And then when you decide to execute on it, you fail. So you lose both time and money. 
So I would say put in money into your own personal uh, growth to pick up a high paying skill. All right. So allocate a percentage of that. Now, on the other hand, allocate a percentage of your income into investments. All right. Um, my personal take is my bank account only requires six months of my expenses and everything else is out. You know, so um, I will just calculate on average how much do I spend uh, in a single month. I multi multiply that by six. Keep it in my bank account, savings account, right? Um, and then if, and, and, and the rationale is this, if you were to lose your job, all right? If let's say today you were to get retrenched or you lose your job, you get fired, you have six months to find the next job. That's all. That's the rationale for, for, for that. So six months worth of expenses for your umbrella fund or for, for your safety funds, right? Um, and then the rest of them, reallocate them out. So put them into, into investments, put them into yourself and pick up that high paying skill. Um, and from there, once that skill is yielding you results, invest more into the business because now if you know that it's scalable, you, you want to invest more, you want to grow that income and then you re-channel it back into your investments. So um, that's what I'll say. Don't just go all into one, but you need to start um, reallocating your portfolio. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's what I've done and that's what I'll do over and over again if I were to restart everything. Yeah. So you mentioned about six months of expenses. Uh, I agree with that as well. And uh, I think on top of that, um, any short-term or immediate expenses. Nah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, uh, it depends on the, the industry that a person is in as well. So you, if yep. you, let's say it's like a, a very stable government role, then sometimes it can be as low as three months of expenses. Yes. Yeah. In a corporate role, uh, recommend about six months. Uh, let's mm. say a business owner uh, like to have more buffer set in, in the economy that you cannot handle that uh, short circuits your business you still have you know overhead staff to pay and everything that's why you need more buffer yeah 100% so, but, but six months is a, is, a, is a great uh, indication mm. yeah uh, and, and guys I learned all this stuff from Josh as well huh? uh, you know like all these six months <laughs> and all this buffer from him as well so it's not just my personal knowledge uh, Joshua manages uh most part of my wealth, <laughs> if you guys don't know. Huh? Um, so he is actually the one educating me as well. Um, so yeah, so thanks for that, Josh. Um, you said hmm. that when you're finding business opportunity, you look at scalability, you look at uh, um, remoteness, uh, and yep. you also, but, but are there, so you're qualifying the, uh, the venture with this tool, but are there things that, uh, you use to disqualify a business as well. Because, you know, sometimes when we, we, we have so many options, uh, we want to go through elimination instead. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So what, what, is, what, what are some criteria that you consider to disqualify something? Wow. Uh, yeah, I actually never thought of that. I have my own, like, uh, disqualification subconscious um, checklist in my head but i never really pan it down before um yeah so if something is is let's say giving me a very high return but it's taking me too much of a risk uh i would disqualify that as well Could you yeah. give so, an example to well listeners yeah um so for example um let's talk about forex and investments right two two of the two very related niche um 
I, I pick, I've also paid to pick up skills regarding investments, uh, technical analysis, fundamental analysis, and how to trade the stock market, right? And on the other hand, I've picked up skills on how to do day trading with Forex, right? So these two are very similar um, in, in terms of their nature, right? Um, but how I disqualify Forex is ultimately joining both causes, all right, and then I, I after that, um, go through both of them, and I ask myself, what are the requirements I need in terms of time, in terms of effort, and in terms of capital, right? Uh, what are what are these requirements that I need? Then I, I, I will disqualify them based on comparison, you know. And obviously, forex can give me a lot high returns, but it requires me more time. So I compare it with investments, and I ask myself, am I okay with? Uh, with less returns, but I don't need to put in so much time. So that's uh, one of the examples that I can share uh, with you guys. Thanks for the tip, Sean. What, what were some challenges that you met uh, in the early stages of your business and how do you overcome that? Um, so there are a lot of challenges, to be honest, uh, regarding any businesses, if, if anyone out there is saying that a business is a one-hit wonder, I think the guy's lying. Um, there, there will be challenges. And one of my biggest challenges back then was, um, in my business was, I, I put all my eggs in one basket. So I think that was, uh, that was, that is the biggest lesson that I've learned. So just to put things into context, um, back then when I was uh, promoting products from, uh, for my, for my customers, I source them all from one single website, right? So all the vendors are hosting that niche of products on one website. So I was an affiliate, I was a top affiliate for them. And I only go to this place to get my products. Right? And these are digital products, guys, right? They are not physical, yeah? So digital products, I source it from there. But what happened was there was a niche-wide purge because of some fraudulent products in there. So the, the, the company who hosts all these products decided to remove all of these products from the shelf and remove that niche entirely, right? Uh, and only keep all the quality products there, which are like left with three products. So I don't really have much of a choice. And with that, my income fell all the way down from 100% all the way down to about 20%, literally overnight, you know? So... Um, that, that was what I faced. Uh, that was the biggest challenge that I had to overcome. So at that point in time, um, I actually uh, was pretty low, to be honest. I was very low in my business. I was making, let's say, for example, I was making 10, like 10K. Suddenly, I'm making 2K right, uh, per month. And then suddenly, like all the efforts go into the drain. And back then, I was actually complaining. You know, um, I was complaining to myself. I was complaining to my, to my wife. I was complaining to my mentor. Yes, guys, you guys must have a mentor, please. Um, mentor is super important because they have been there, they have done that, you know, and they can guide you through. So the first time I complained to him, he was like, you know what? I can promise you something. I'm like, what? He says, uh, it, will, it will happen again. <laughs> he says, this is going to happen again. You must be okay with it. I'm like, what? You know, crazy, right? And then, so then he says, please go and deal with it. So initially I was like, okay, let me, let me find ways to deal with it. But I just can't get over that, that complaining stage. I just want to complain more because it's, it feels good, right? And I, I go back to my mentor again and complain again. And this time around, he was strict and firm. He told me, it's either you continue complaining or you quit complaining, pick yourself back up and be resourceful and find out what you can do from here. And so that was like a, 
it was like an aha moment, but it was a rude awakening as well. It's like, the heck am I doing, right? So what I did is, legitly, I went on YouTube and I went to find out um, what are different affiliate platforms that I can venture into. So I was so close-minded on one platform because that's where all my income comes from. And then I, I found out that there are tons of other platforms that have similar products of my niche. I just wasn't looking enough. Yeah, so... Um, so back then, that was the challenge. And the best part about my business is that my email list belongs to me. So I can pivot it to anywhere I want. I don't have to send out emails to a specific product from a specific place. So I can move into different platforms um, and I can just promote my own message to them. So, so, so that, was what I, that was what I did. Um, I became resourceful. I went to find out different products from different uh different platforms and I start to promote them. I start to write in and say, hey, you know what? I was an affiliate for this platform. These are my results. Please let me in. And of course, they will let me in because they want to make money. So I open up three different platforms and my income bounced back up. Within just two months, it bounced back up to about 80% level again wow. with this other platform. So, um, but during the time from, during the two months of downtime, I would say most challenging part is for me to rebuild something um, or for me to think that it's all going to work out, you know, that was really challenging because I thought that I was, that was the end of it. You know, um, the, the, I, I got shut down, the platform got shut down and that's the end of my income. So, um, what I, what I say is guys, if you guys are having all your eggs in one basket, let's say if all you do is, uh, basing your business, let's say on Facebook ads alone right? Or on, let's say, Google Ads alone. It's time to diversify, man. Um, you can't just put everything to one basket because once that fails, there goes your income. So you got to start opening up your eyes to look out for different different platforms that you can advertise in, that you can grab your products from um, so that you have control. Yeah, so that was the, the biggest challenge that I have to overcome uh, within my business. Speaking about this, this challenge, right? What was that turning point that changed your mindset from... from uh, it's 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 the end of it. To let's get back. I think uh, if if you're someone who have started something before and you tasted success before, um, you know that nothing's ever the end of the road. Uh, mm. it's just something in the subconscious. Um, and what got me going is uh, is actually just is actually speaking to my mentor honestly. And honestly, it was that rude awakening uh, that he says he says. Are you going to keep complaining that things are not going to work out or are you going to be resourceful and do something about it? I think that was the root awakening for me. Um, because if I were to keep complaining, I won't be, I won't go anywhere, right? So I think that was um that mindset shift. But at the back of my head, I already know I need to do something, you know. I just didn't want to do it because uh because I have to think about the whole process again of like restarting the business. Should I restart into another niche? I've really built this business up. I've got an email list size of this much. Do I want to rebuild another niche on this platform? So yeah. it's just procrastinating and, you know, thinking through all the hurdles that are going to come. Um, so I think we all know that the answer is to go do it. But sometimes it's just hard for us to, to go, um, to go get it because we are comfortable Right, so I was in my comfort zone, and I think that shift came from my mentor. So I think you know, guys, if you guys are stuck on whatever that you are doing, procrastinating now, maybe let me be that that voice that says, "Please be resourceful, don't complain, and go get what you want to get." You know, nothing's gonna change if you stay where you are complaining. You know, the the most successful people don't complain. 
they come up with a solution before they complain. <laughs> yeah. So um, let me be that voice. Go get what you want to get. Um, if you complain, nothing's going to move and be resourceful if you don't have any clue where you're going to go. When was that point that you, you realized you needed a mentor? Because I mean, most people, they, they say that information is free everywhere. You know, I can just go on YouTube. There's so many people giving information. Yeah. So yeah. why do I need uh, to pay, you know, five-figure amount for a mentor? <laughs> I'll say try figuring out with YouTube. Try it first. You know, if, if you want to... Um, a lot of people are, uh, are saying that as well. I can get all my answers from YouTube. Why don't I need a mentor? Yeah, go, go ahead and try. You know, um, the information you'll get is a fire hose of information. You're going to get tons of information. Then the question is, which one are you going to execute on? You know, and do you have time to execute on everything? Right? And what if you come to a, to a challenge um, or, or like a technical difficulty? Who are you going to approach? You know, are you going to go on YouTube and find your answer again? You know, is, uh, and what if you don't? Right, so those are the, the the questions that came into my head uh, when I ventured into something, you know. Um, I mean, those are the questions. So, do I want to struggle or do I want to pay to get my answers uh, immediately from someone who has already been there and done that? And the point that I realized I need a mentor was when I reached a plateau. Um, I was hitting thirty k a month in my income, right? Uh, as an as an affiliate, thirty k. I wanted to get to the fifty k mark. And I just don't know how, no matter what I do, no matter how much I grow my email list, um, because I, I grow my list from a specific source of advertising. I've already maxed out that source, you know, then what, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't grow anymore. And that was when I realized I needed help. Um, if I want to take things to the next level, I needed help. And that's where I actively search for my, for my mentors. Um, and I found a mentor once I, once I found him, um, I just asked him and immediately I got the answer. And I went to implement and three months later, I was, I was at a 50K per month mark, right? Uh, and then I asked my mentor, what else do I need to do? I want to get to the 100K per month. And he told me that you need to restructure your business. He told me that you need to systemize your business because you can't run it on your own now. You need a team. And, uh, and that's where I, I got hold of another mentor who, is, uh, who has run successful, his, who has run a very successful company and sold it for 30 million how to structure a company. So from an individual affiliate, now I move into building teams and structuring companies so that I can better serve my customers, so that I can better serve, um, so that I can create more products and, um, and, serve, my, and serve a bigger audience. So that was what I did. Um, and from there, I brought, a, and I, I brought my income from 50K to 100K per month. And we're talking about US dollars here, right? And it's all because of my mentors. So... Um, question to you if you are thinking of getting a mentor if you, or if you're hesitating is this, would you trade, would you give me $1,000 and I give you 10K back? Would you do it? And if you would, how many times would you do so? You know, infinitely, infinitely, I'll do so infinitely. So I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to pay a five figures for my mentor for him to, to share with me something that I don't know that's going to bring me six figures. And I'll do it all the time. I'll do it all the time. All so that's what... Yeah, you got to think about it that way all day long, right? Uh, and, that, and that's what I've done. And right now, I'm still paying for my mentors. I've got two mentors now, uh, paying a lot of money for them, but I'm happily paying. Yeah, yeah. I, I resonate with that because I also, uh, I think through Sean, uh, he, he inspired me to find mentors 
in, in my life because last time I was very hesitant to pay for, for things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> once I made a decision to get a coach and mentor this year, um, I saw that within three months, uh, my business picked up almost 50%. Yeah. Wow. And I nice. received my highest uh, income uh, last month uh, in my entire wow. six and a half year career. Yeah. Congrats, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely resonate that. Yes. How, how, do you, how do you choose a mentor? Because, you know, there are so many people that make it already. Yeah. How do you, how do you qualify a mentor? Um, how I qualify a mentor is, number one, does, is the mentor doing it uh, on a wide scale? Um, you know, is, is it, is he holding a mentorship to make money because he doesn't have enough? You know, or is he uh, doing a mentorship because he has made so much that he doesn't find his business fulfilling anymore and he want to coach others? Um, I think when you have, have that interview with that person, you more or less would kind of know what kind of person he is. Is he pushy? Is he salesy? Um, does he really need you? You know, so for, um, for, for my mentors, um, when I had conversations with them, it's, it's very different from when I have a conversation with a sales guy. You know, uh, to them, it's they qualify me, not I qualify them. So I will have to submit my application. They will qualify my business. They will qualify if, um, if it's congruent to their mastermind or to their community. Can I add value to them? And can they add value to me? So they will go through this strict qualification uh, and, and, and a filtering stage before they even take me in. So that's when I know that they don't need my money. Um, they are here to qualify their own businesses uh, and also to better improve their own community. And that's how I, I deem that this mentor is good. You know, um, so if the mentor is all pushy about joining my mastermind, join, join, you're going to get this amount of money, then don't join. You know, um, or if the mentor is really great, the mentor will have a private mastermind and it's probably going to cost you a lot of money, like maybe five figures, but that's fine, right? And you have to reach out to apply. I think usually the masterminds are full uh, if they're good, right? Reach out to apply and ask if you can join, you know? And they will qualify, they will validate, uh, they will ask their mastermind people if this guy is fine. And then they will say yes. And I think that's how you pick the right mentor, you know? Um, the whole process is just different. It's not, it's not the mega sales or like the mass selling out there and you pick and join. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's very different, right? It's very different from picking up, picking up a skill versus picking a mentor. It's very different. Picking a skill, you can join all the mass causes and all that. But picking a mentor is when you want this mentor to be intimate with your business. You want this mentor to know your business inside out. And that's, and that's going to take you more money and that's going to take you more filtering. And these are good signs. Yeah. You said that, you know, that there are some mentors that already made it and they don't really need, you know, you as a yeah. mentee. Yeah, but they take yeah. you on because, you know, they, they are invested in your success. Yeah. Yes. And, and when you succeed, uh, you know, they, they, they experience greater significance. Uh. So I think so, these, these are some qualifying criteria. 100% man. If a, if a mentor needs your money, then he's, he's not your mentor. You know, he doesn't qualify to be your mentor at all. Yeah. So you need a mentor who has been there, done that, you know, and uh, he has enough in his bank. Um, and now he's just doing it because he likes it. Yeah. He, he finds it fulfilling. Yeah, so I think go for those guys. Go for those guys. Okay. Um, I think you, you spoke a lot also about uh, the importance of taking action. Mm. Yeah, because um, 
you know, when, when, when you're in the 30K mark and then you're trying to break to the 50K mark, uh, your mentor probably gave you a lot of information. Mm. Uh, huh? and, and then you, you didn't hesitate, but you took action and then immediately saw results. Um, yes. Mm. I think one thing about one thing about not paying for uh, information, right? When there's free information everywhere, you sometimes get information overload or paralysis. Yes, actually he didn't he didn't give me a lot of information. Oh okay. He, he only gave me what I need what I need to know. You needed to know. Yeah, so I, I think that is the that's the crucial thing. Uh, uh, you can get a lot of information from YouTube, you know. Yeah. Uh, but all you need is that one right information. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And that is gonna cost I mean, that's worth more than five figures. Yeah. Yeah. It so, to, there's a saying to, to take the person down, you just have to reach for the, the juggler vein. And then yes. the person is <laughs> You don't want to like, exactly. wow, I hit everywhere. Uh, then you don't, you keep missing. It's true. Uh, you're right. Uh, it, but what I learned from the, from, from the military is this, you attack at the point of least resistance. You know? So um, that's, that's the most crucial part. If you, if you have 10,000 people, you want to fight 100k people, how do you start fighting? You got to find a point of least resistance, the weakness, and you push all your resources through that hole, through that gap. Everything that you have, you hammer it through. Um, and that's what your mentor is able to find for you. Yeah. So I, I've, I've mentored so many people as well, all my successful students who are making five figures a month, you know, um, 50k a month as well. They all, all of them came to me with the same question. I tell them all the same thing to do. And it's always that one thing that they have missed out. Then I just ask them to load everything up and fire that in that direction. And when they do it, they solve results. So um, that's something that um, that I will not charge cheap for. Does it make sense? If yeah. it's so good, yeah. why would I want to give it out for free? Why would yeah. I put it on YouTube? Yeah. Right. I wouldn't charge a cheap price for that. You know, if it's so good, it has to be of value. So um, if you want it, you gotta pay for it, and you gotta be okay with it. Right. So that's my own mindset to my personal spending on mentors and also yeah. for my mentees. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the high price tag also comes with a lot of blood, sweat, tears that you yourself have to go through to realize, yes. you know, the, the preciousness exactly. of this, the value of this. Exactly. Thing, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if, if something is going to cost someone uh, six figures, yeah. you know, to find out, why would a person want to give it to you for free on YouTube? Does it make sense? Yeah. Yes. So um, that's why if you guys are still trying to find things on YouTube and all, the, the real, real information is not there. Uh, even if yes. it's out there, you don't even know whether that's the one, you know? So um, why put yourself through that pain? To me, it's find someone who has done it before, who have done it before and guide you along. Yeah. So that's what my personal thing. What, what advice would you give to some of our listeners who might be bogged down by the demands of their day job? And they, sometimes they, they, we might come up with a common excuse of no time, no money, no knowledge or experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good one. Um, you know, um, the thing is, we all have 24 hours, right? Everyone has the same amount of time. Why is it that some people who have a day job are able to break free from their day job, whereas some can't? And it's all boils down to time management. So what I read from Jack Ma is, is this. Uh, um if you really want to succeed from your side hustle, your actual job starts from 7 p.m. You know what I mean? It starts from 7 p.m. to, to like 1 a.m. or to 3 a.m. That's your real job. Your, then your side job becomes your day job. You know? So that's what, that's what he says. It's what you do with, within your 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. that counts. 
you know, so what are you doing within this time of you building a real business? Are you spending it with, I don't know, watching Netflix? Are you going out to the movies? Are you going out to fancy restaurants? Are you spending money, you know, um, luxuriously without that money? Are you living from paycheck to paycheck? You know, what are you doing with your time? So um, for me, I did for, uh, when I first got started the business, when I was in university, I legitly was running it almost the entire day. Um, because I, I didn't know anything. I want to make sure that I learn everything. So I would pack my, my, my schedule all the way to the first four days of the week so that I have like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, full on to work on my business. And after school, when I, when I, when I come back um, during the weekdays, that's where I full on my business. And I did it for two years. And even when I am, uh, and even when I'm back to my day job, same thing, because I was trying to build a team. You know, my real day started at 7 p.m. You know, uh, so that, that's, that's the kind of sacrifice that you must be ready to make. You know, if you really want to start a side hustle, you know, there's still time for the kids. There's still time for your, you know, for your leisure and all that, but it must be deliberately scheduled. Yeah. yeah? It must be deliberately scheduled. That means you block out that time, um, go and do whatever you want to do. And then you come back and you block out that time again. Uh, to work on a business it must be disciplined deliberately scheduled um, and your real day starts from 7 p.m and be okay with that you know that's yeah. the, the, the that's what it takes so um, I learned that from Jack Ma when I read his book and I told myself hey that makes sense so I went went forth put in the sacrifices and <laughs> now the fruits are here you know yeah. so um, yeah so guys if you're listening to this go for it man um, block out that time block out that schedule every day if it takes two hours, just give it two hours. Discipline. I've never missed a single day of not scheduling my games at all. Ever since like five, six years ago. Yeah. Never uh, miss a single day. Now it becomes a habit. Yeah. Right. So if one hour, two hours of work, I'm making so much money. Why would I want to give that up? Yeah. Mm. So mm. that's that, that now becomes a habit. Yeah. So to run a successful business, you cannot just wing it. It has to be very intentional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very intentional. <laughs> Correct. And, and I think that's also goes for personal time as well um, yeah. because, because I, uh, I spoke with a, a coach and I said that um, I, I've been just so busy at my work uh, that I don't have time for my family. It says that how come you're, you're, not, you're scheduling time for your work but you're not scheduling time for your family? Yeah, if, you, if it matters to you, then you should schedule and set it aside and that cannot be, it cannot be uh, negotiable. Yeah, so mm. uh, every day now on a, on a weekday, I will actually schedule a five to six o'clock, uh, but just just for the family and there will be no distractions. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And and uh, I think um, just to tap on Josh's point, so you schedule for family is, is, you know, there's no distractions. And when you schedule for your own time to work in a business, there must also not be any distractions. Yeah. You know, so um, you got to block out that time and within that time, you let your family know that this is uh, my me time. I want to work on this business. So I put in everything within this time so that it doesn't snowball. You get what I mean? Yeah. So that you don't procrastinate and snowball. Set it set it aside. Go for it. Um, remove all distractions. Let everyone know that this is your me time. You're going to work on your business. And after that, you're free to do whatever you want. You know, just, just block out that time. Yeah. So good point on that, Josh. What, what advice would you give to some of our listeners who considering to be an entrepreneur? But I worry about you know unstable income, whether the business will take off. Because there's a saying that what 90% of businesses fail, 
Mm. Yeah, so this is quite a, a not not a very encouraging <laughs> statistic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. So if you're thinking of becoming an entrepreneur or or a freelancer somewhere, um, you know, the most crucial thing is to not quit your job first. Um, I I think a lot of people are giving advice. You know, quit your job. You know, go live a life. Go and find your own business. I don't take that. Uh, I don't buy that as well. So all of my students who who are successful, they have a day job. Uh, first, then they quit their job. So I've got a couple of students who have already left their jobs and doing this full time. You know, they are doing whatever they want. You know, so um. But all of them started with a day job, and the reason why you must start with a day job first is because number one, you need um, stability for your family. You still need to feed your family while running your business, and number two, you need cash flow. You need you need capital to grow your business, right? So if there's no cash flow coming in from your day job, how are you going to ever grow a side hustle that's going to take over your your day job? If anyone tells you that you can grow a side business for free, he's lying. It doesn't exist, right? It does not exist. Um, you got to put in either effort or you got to put in um, time or you got to put in money, right? So if you are trying to, to make something work, my advice is don't quit your job first, but set aside time to work on your side hustle um, and to, to find a fit of uh, a side hustle that fits you, right? Something that, um, that, you, that you like, or something that you, you see a, a, a big potential in that's scalable, that's remote. Uh, for me, those are the criteria, right? So I'll find that side hustle, schedule time, work on it until it takes over the income of my day job. Yeah. Then I would I would consider, should I leave my day job now and work full-time or do I still need to pump money back? Or do I still need this income to sustain the business? If I don't, and if the business is self-sustaining, uh, and I can grow without my day job, then I'll quit. So um, the misconception is that you got to quit your job before you find something to do. Um, don't do that. Um, you know, stay with your job. But in the meantime, your focus should not be fully on your job. It should be on the side hustle as well. Um, I think a lot of people are just putting like one toe in the water, not one foot, you know. You know, you're supposed to put at least one foot sink and then balance your day job and what. Some people are just putting one toe, they're just dabbling, you know, don't dabble. If you want to try it, you go all in and try it. Put your whole leg into it, submerge your leg into it. Even if you fail, you still have your day job now, yeah. right? Yeah. So you got to submerge all into it and give it a try. Even if you were to spend like maybe 5K, 10K, you know, just to sink yourself into this other side hustle to try, it's better to spend this money now than to not try it at all and then stay in your day job for life. Why do that? Yeah, so um, that's what I would say. Uh, step your whole foot out, you know, one side on, 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 on each boat, all in, try to make it work, uh, do your best to make it work, no excuses. And then once one is stable, you put the other foot fully into your sidekick. Oh, great advice. Yeah, so, so far we've learned uh, quite a few things from, from Sean. I think if you are listening to this podcast, you probably kind of see what's, how can we live our best life? So his, his uh, advice was to find something that you like and uh, also something that's scalable, something that can be done remotely. But while doing this, right, uh, you, even though you have to set aside time, um, don't quit your job while doing that. Yeah, try to juggle your, your day job as well as uh, putting really one foot into, into this uh, side, side hustle. 
And um, instead of, you know, kind of bashing around and, you know, going, going for free programs and stuff like that, really consider getting a mentor um, yes. that, has, that has gone that journey and can bring you where he is in the shortest possible time. 100%. Yes. You got it, Josh. Yes, that is right. exactly. Those, those are my, that's what I believe in. That's my philosophy. Yeah. Uh, when, it, when it comes to breaking free from your day job and creating your own uh, dream life that you want. And the inflection point is when this side hustle overtakes your day job. It yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and guess what, guys? It's not just going to overtake it. It's going to go beyond because the business model that you pick based on my criteria is scalable. Yeah. Right. You, you don't need to spend more time to grow it. You yeah. only need to, to keep growing that asset you know, um, without putting in more time capital. So guys, not, it's not going to just be placed, but it will supersede, you know, your day job. It's, it's going um, to bring you wealth that's going to be, you know, so much for the, even for the next generation. That's what I believe in. As long as you pick the right business model and as long as you know how to invest your money in the right instruments to grow your money, um, yeah, you, you can create generational wealth. Yeah, you can do so. Yeah, so uh, I, I think um, don't be so limited to just a day job, guys. It's not the end of the road there. It's not the final answer. So many more things out there that you can do. Yeah. Awesome. Let's segue into um, another topic, which is about money. Yeah, so Sean, mm. can you share with us, in growing up, what lessons about money was most impactful to you? Uh, I, I always saw that I always saw that money is a result of time in the past. Um, I need to put in time to make money. You know, uh, my parents growing up, I've, I've never seen my parents for like, I don't even know how many hours. Some, sometimes uh, when I go to bed, they are not even back. You know, uh, they're still working. They are, or they are doing um, entertainment for clients, right? And sometimes I will have to be placed in my grandma house um, for weeks because they go for business trips, right? So um, I always associated time with money. When I was growing up, uh, my parents would say, "If you want to, if you want to make money, go and get a part-time job." You know, while studying to make money, and that was when I I, I got started with my first part-time job, um, selling pillows for Jean Perry. I think that was the brand. Yeah. So I was at like the warehouse, not the warehouse. Uh, I was at shopping malls. I was standing on the wagons shouting, you know, with the, with the loudspeaker. Hey guys, sale, sale. Your end year sale is here. Come get your mattresses. Come get your pillows. I was the one doing that. Um, and I was paid $5 an hour. That was when I was uh, in secondary school to polytechnic. Yeah. So I was actually selling pillows, exchanging time for money. And every day when I, I go for my job, I would um, stamp on that, on that card. You know, there's this uh, checking card. You got to stamp it uh, so that you can clock your time. And then at the end of it, you stamp it again so that you clock your, your time and you leave. And you're going to pay, be paid based on the hour. So I would, you know, I would want to drag as long as I can because I want to make more money with my hourly spend selling pillows. And when I get the paycheck at the end of the month, I'll be so happy. I won't even dare to spend it because it's like, oh, this is su such hard work, you know? So it was... It was through all these experiences that taught me the value of money. Money doesn't come easy. Money doesn't come cheap. It takes you either time or effort or more money to make money. Um, and the point of more money to make money only came in later when I studied more into investments. So, um, 
So when I uh, when I realized that there must be something else out there, I can't be spending all my time selling pillows. There must be something else out there. That's when I ventured into other business models. That's when I even tried things like MLM. Uh, and from there, I actually um, realized that there are so many people making money without putting in more time. Then I venture into things like investment, um, put, using money to make more money. Um, but it all started off with uh, my hunger to want to know more. Uh, my desire to not sell pillows for the rest of my life. You know? But the pillow lesson taught me the value of money, which is still very important. It taught me that money is super important. Uh, I mean, time to trade for money is the reality of the world. And if I want to break free from that, I got to do something else. So the pain of getting money, I can still remember it. And that's why now, even though I made a lot of money now, um, I don't spend to what I want to spend. I spend only, only the passive income that's coming in from my assets. And I allocate a certain percentage to my expenses budget. Um, yeah. So I still know the value of money uh, even to today, all thanks to what I've been exposed to in the past. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great sharing. Just wanted to, to know, because um, it's, it's, it's a lot of people's dream to hit their first million. What, mm -hmm. what is that mindset that is required to hit that first million and, and more? Wow. Um, mindset required to hit your first million. I hit my first million at 27, um, second at 28, and then third, yeah, third, 29. So the, 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 the thing is, um, you know, once you hit your first million, it's not hard to get a second. It's always, the, you know, people are always saying that uh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But um, the first million is always, it's always a, a mental block. Um, and it's nothing more than a mental block, guys. Uh, and you got to believe in yourself that you can. Um, before I hit my first million, I was speaking to my mentor. And he asked me, what's your goal for this year? That was in when I was 20, uh, like 26 years old. All right. Um, and that was during the end of, uh, end of the year, I remember. So I said, I want to try to hit my first 500K. Um, in the calendar year, right? And he says, what's stopping you from making your first million? And then I was like, I just don't believe I can. You know, I think 500K a year is enough, right? Um, and he's like, but what's stopping you? Like, there's no one stopping you if you have the resources. Why don't you deploy your resources to, to, to get to your first million? And I say, I'm scared. You know, I don't believe I, I have what it takes. And he asked me, how much do you have in your bank? Uh, I gave him, I gave him the, 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 the figure and it's like, why are you keeping so much money in your bank? What are you doing with your money? And uh, I said, I don't know. I just feel safe. It's like, yeah. And that's where you're going to fail. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know? And he, he told me this very valuable lesson that I will never forget. He says, money left in the bank has no value. Yeah. Zero value because you're not spending it. Only if you spend money, then there's value in your money, in your dollar. And so he says, take your money out put whatever that you need in your bank and spend it, use it, invest it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's uh, what changed uh, the entire game for me. It's um, knowing that I was playing too small, knowing that I was doubting myself, uh, thinking that I can't and knowing that I have the resources that I need, you know, I'm just not um, willing or I'm just scared to deploy them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm playing it safe. So 
after deploying all the resources out, you know, uh, and after telling myself, okay, I'm, I will hit my first million this year. That was when I hit it. Um, and that was when I literally don't, I didn't even think about all the doubts that I have in my mind. I just go and go and go. Even if, if it doesn't, even if the investment, like for example, if I have to invest into something that costs like five figures, just to attain something, like just to attain like a, a set of codes or just to attain like, uh, like a skill set, I'll gladly just pay for it just to get it. Yeah, so it comes to that point where my mind is telling me um, I can and I can and I can. This is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to work. Don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt. And I spend that money, I spend the resources and I got it. You know, so um, it's all a mental shift. It's all a mental shift. So um, once you get, once you are in that state of mind, you hit your first million, the second one is not hard because you are already in that flow. The third one is also not hard. Um, so now my personal challenge now is to break um, the barrier of doubling uh, or tripling my income in a single year. You know, so again, my mentor told me it's just a mental barrier. So uh, I'm still in this journey uh, with you guys to break barriers. Um, and it's not going to be easy, I know, but all it takes is really that mental shift for your first million. When you're saying resources that are deployed, is it specifically only money? Or is that time, is that effort? That is, it's different as well to hit that first million. Yes, uh, it's not just money. Frankly, it's not just money. Uh, you got it. You money, but money will unlock different things for you. It will unlock things like human capital. Uh, you can employ. You can uh get talents. Things that you don't know how to do, you can hire. So money unlocks these things for you. Human capital. Um, and it also takes time because for you to let to you know put a team together. Uh, for you to build a strong foundation for them. Um, to take over things that um, that you want them to take over, it's going to take time for you to build. So um, it's going to take time. It's going to take human capital. Uh, it's going to take money. And money is just a tool to unlock all these for you to scale. You know, um, And once you start scaling, you got to manage things as support. So you got to start hiring. Um, so I would say not just money, but money is an enabler for you to build bigger things uh, and to grow your wealth more. Um, so yeah, let's say for example, even if you put it into an investment perspective, you can't just put money in because you need to take time to understand what you're buying into, right? You need to take time to understand, uh, what are the different instruments out there that, you know, um, so for me, I've really deep dive into all these different, in, uh, investment assets that produces me cash flow. Um, so things like properties, leverage funds, um, uh, things like stocks and, and all these. So these are the things that I've deep dive into. So I have a vast knowledge of them uh, and it took me time. But I know that with all this knowledge, I can get to my first million. So what's stopping me? Right. So I deep dive into all this. So uh, yeah, guys, don't have the misconception that it's just going to take money uh, or misconception that the first million is going to fall from the sky. Uh, it, it really takes effort. It really takes time. Um, no matter what niche you're in, you got to go deep dive, but you first have to believe that you can. Um, that is just a number that you can uh, and that you have whatever that it takes. Um, you already have whatever it takes to reach there. Set a plan, set a goal, draft out a, a roadmap and go. Yeah, don't doubt and just go. You know, you, know, um, you shared about a, a time in your life where you're keeping a lot of money in the bank and you didn't deploy it to mm. uh, opportunities. How how did how did that uh, 
willingness to take risk and to, to deep dive into something uh, happen. What, what would you how, what would you say to encourage people to do that? Because um, a lot of the interactions that I have, they, they keep a lot of cash in the bank. Uh, mm. They have this safety level, safety amount, and people are under investing as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, think about ROI. I always think about returns on investment. Uh, so when, when, when my mentor um, really shook me, you know, uh, and, and asked me how much do I have in the bank, when I said the amount out, I, I knew what was coming. I knew that he's going to slap me in the face, you know. I mean, like, uh, um, not, not literally, but he's going to just, but he's going to tell me, you know, wake the hell up, right? Um, why are you leaving so much money in the bank? Why is it doing good? What good is it doing for you? You know, um, so I, I think that was, that was the point uh, where he got me thinking. And um, he went on to rationalize on ROIs, return on investments. The bank's only giving you like a mere 0.1%. But if you were to put your money elsewhere, even if you were to put it in a business and 50% of your money is going to fail, your business that, that can potentially double your money is going to make it back. You know, um, if you are going to put it in a stock market, if you're going to put it in the safest stock market bond, let's say into a bond fund, super safe, right? 4% a year is still doing better than the bank. You know, um, and look at historical trends um, for you to do a benchmark comparison. Does in the past 10 years, is this fund or is this bond or is this business that I'm going to invest in, is it stably growing at 3%, 4%, you know, uh, based, on, based on the fact sheet? And if it is, then I can safely predict that for the rest of the year moving forward, it's going to give me the same type of returns. Then why don't I do that? You know, um, so think ROI um, and... And know that your money is better else somewhere because of what you've projected already. And I think that is going to give you a, a very good shift in your mindset on whether to invest back into the business, uh, invest back into an investment or type of fund or type of bond. Yeah, so think about the returns instead of uh, your safety, you know, in in your bank, right? Yeah, so, so we, when we are approaching an investment, um, even though ROI is the one that attracts us, we also need to understand the risk that is packed to it. How do you assess risk? Um, so I always go, I always go back to Josh for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I always ask Josh, I said, uh, how many percent of my portfolio should I take for this investment? For example, cryptocurrencies, right? It's, it's very volatile and all. Um, there are stable coins. There are alternate coins. So, I always ask Josh, how many percent of my portfolio should be invested in, um, into these type of assets, knowing that you know my whole portfolio and knowing that you know my risk appetite. How much um, you know, uh, can I invest? And then Josh will always, always give me this, this uh, percentage and tell me if I've over-leveraged or I've over-invested. So um, I think that's where a financial advisor comes in, right? Uh, you got to know that trust a financial advisor to give you the best advice. Um, and Josh is the one managing all my wealth. Um, so when it comes to investing into funds, into bonds and all that, um, my cross-track reference is always first with Josh and then with, um, with my own personal tracks and then with a third-party advice, right? Um, and in terms of taking risk, uh, how much do I take in terms of my whole portfolio into a new venture? Same thing, I'll bounce it back with with Josh uh, and he would tell me that if you were to take this amount of risk, this amount of money you're going to risk um, and then we'll sit down and, and we'll do like a, 
like a wealth analysis to say if I were to lose this amount of money, then if I want to get to my goal of fifty thousand dollars in passive income, um, how um how much will be affected? You know how what's the time frame that's that that's going to be affected? Uh, will it shorten the time frame? Will it lengthen the time frame? And if it does well, how 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 much does it shorten? If it does, if it goes bust, then how much will it lengthen in order for me to hit that passive fifty k per month income? So I'll bounce that back with Josh, and then I decide on the risk uh to take. Should I allocate more or should I allocate less? So I think that's where financial advisor comes in. Uh, you know, um, you can have your own financial advisor, but to me, I think Josh is one of the best. So uh, I always just go back to Josh. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. That's why it's so important to have this um overview of portfolio, um because you know quite a few people they also just do piecemeals, where they says that okay, just handle this portion of money, this portion of money, and so on. But no one really has a a a good overview of their wealth. So when it comes to you know risk analysis as well, uh, it's very hard to kind of determine whether you're 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 overdoing it or underdoing it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I think. Us as uh, you know, if you're going to run a side hustle and if you have a day job, you don't have time to manage your own portfolio. Uh, not just time. You are not even an expert on it, right? So I'm not even an expert in all these funds and all that. So I need expert advice. So yeah, financial advisor are going to cost you because they are going to they're going to charge you admin fees. Normal, very normal. But I'll gladly pay. You know, just like a mentor, same thing. I'll gladly put my funds with with Josh, for example. I gladly pay him whatever fees that he he needs to take. Because I'm paying him for his time, for his expertise. Gladly pay so that my portfolio returns are going to be safe. It's going to be stable, and it's going to give me good advice from an oversight, uh, from an overview that I can never see. You know, because I'm so busy with my business. So why do I want to, you know, um, have a headache managing my own portfolio when I can put it to an expert? So that's my own take. Uh, and yeah, you should, you guys should do that as well. Trust your financial advisor and go for it. Yeah, I think my the, my value is most appreciated. Uh, in three groups of people, the ones that have no skill, uh, or the ones that have no interest, or the ones that have no time. Um, just yes, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, so let's uh, get to the final part of uh, our uh, uh, podcast, which is the hmm. rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask okay. a series of questions to Sean, and without yeah. thinking very much, just you know, out of uh, the spot of the moment, right? You can just answer it. Okay, okay let's see okay. Okay, number one. What's your favorite number and why? Favorite number is seven. Uh, why? Number of perfection uh, in the Bible. Yeah. How do you start why? your day? Yeah. How do I start my day? I start my day um, planning my day. So uh, I, I wake up in the morning. Okay, now before I, I go to bed, my phone will be turned off. Um, just so you guys know, right? I'll turn my phone off because of the functions of the brain. All right. Uh, so uh, let me just go a little bit on, on this part. I think it's quite important. Um, I have learned this from Jim Cook. He is a, he's a, he's a brain uh, teacher. He says that in the morning when you wake up, um, your mind is in alpha state. It's a brain wave. It's in alpha state. And alpha state is the time that you learn the best. That means, you know, when you, whenever you're watching a movie or you're watching a show, um, and you are so deep dive into the show that no one can distract you. Even if there's noise, you don't even realize it. That's your alpha state. That's where you, you gobble all information into your head. So if you do leave your phone on overnight, uh, and the moment you wake up, you check your phone, what's going to happen? 
right? You are going to be tracking your emails. You're going to be tracking Facebook. You're going to be tracking Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. And your alpha state is focused on that. And that's going to set a tone of your day. You know, um, you are going to go about thinking about other people's problems because email is about demands, right? The person wanting from you. So your, your day will be fixing his demand. Your day will be fixing the person's Facebook story, the, first, the person's comments. So why, why do you want to throw poison into your, into your mind at the start of the day? And that's your alpha state, right? So what I do is to keep my phone off. In the morning when I wake up, I'll get my iPad, I'll go to the room and I'll plan my day. I'll plan three things that I want to accomplish uh, personally, like personal goals, and three things I want to accomplish in my business. Um, and when I'm in alpha state, I'm in full focus. Um, and then when I plan those out, uh, I'll immediately execute on at least one of them so that I feel like I've done, I've accomplished something. And the rest of my day, I just have to follow these three things. Um, so then my day will be very smooth sailing. After I've finished that plan, then I turn on my phone. Then my day starts, you know? So, um, so yeah, first thing that I do is to plan my day, not check on my phone. Uh, it's all because of the brain, signs and waves, you know, and it really works. So yeah, hope that helps. <laughs> oh, that is something very new for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put it into action immediately. Nice. <laughs> okay. Next question is what advice would you give your younger self? Um to my younger self, I'll give my uh don't be afraid to fail. Keep trying. Um like I like, like I mentioned before, there are a lot of times when if I don't have my mentor, I would stop and I'll get stuck. Um so I'll give I tell my younger self that the only way to fail is to not try. Um keep trying. And I even even for myself, I think I've tried a bit too late. You know, I should have tried earlier on when I was 18. You know, um, try, just keep trying. Um, don't be afraid to fail because the, the more you fail, the, the more successful you're going to get, right? Um, it's all about feedback. When you fail, you get feedback. Um, and if you're afraid to fail, you'll never do it. If you never do it, you never become successful. You'll never achieve what you want to achieve. So keep trying, even if it might fail or if it failed, you know, it's just another step to success. Like I, there are many ventures that have failed for me, but I never stopped trying. The day I stopped trying uh, is the day that is the day that I go downhill. Yeah, everything's gonna go downhill. So I tried so many things, failed with so many things as well, lose so much money on certain ventures, but it's fine. And because why I've also gained a lot from the rest of the other ventures. Right. So don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, go for it. If it makes sense, go for it. Mm. Yeah. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? <laughs> I, I, I don't really remember my compliments. Uh, uh, best compliment, I think, I think uh, it, in pertaining to my business is uh, I am a no BS guy. Uh, I tell you what you need to know. I tell you what you need to hear. Uh, and I don't tell you, tell you because it's... Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't tell you just to make myself feel good, but I tell you because that's what you need to hear at a point in time, uh, at a point. So I think the best compliment, compliment I got is uh, I'm genuine. I've no, there's no BS. Um, I, you know, and I just tell you straight up what you need to do. And if you don't do it, then it's your own, it's, it's your own call. You know, yeah. it's, I'm perfectly fine with it, but you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Yeah. And finally, what's success for you? Success is, I think it's, uh, 
I think success is fulfillment. Um, like fulfillment in the things that you do, fulfillment in your in the outcome that you have achieved. Uh, I think I can be successful in like if I find something fulfilling, if I've done it and if I fulfilled it, um, I think that's that was success, that's success. But I wouldn't think that that's the end of it. You know, uh, success is never a, a, a destination. I feel it's an ongoing journey. So I would go ahead to do the next thing. Like for example, when I was hitting, when I hit my milestone of 30, uh, 30, 50 K a month as an affiliate, I think it was successful then. It was fulfilling, but not fulfilling enough for me to, um, for me to, to, to stop. And that's why I went on to create products and causes to help people. Uh, and now that I've done so, I realized that um, I think I want to reach out to more people um, and to create my own team and start impacting my team. Then I start to hire. So I was successful then. And then I, I have my team now. And I, I, my goal now is to make my team the, the happiest team ever, you know, uh, and my company the, the happiest place to work at. Um, and my team is 100% remote, guys. It's My team are from US, Philippines, India, uh, and, and all that. So 100% remote team. I want them to experience the remote life. Uh, and then fulfillment from customers, from clients, uh, from my students, seeing them pay off their milestones like weddings, uh, buying their diamond rings, you know, buying their houses through the internet from the skill set that I've taught them, um, reaching their own personal milestones. I think that's fulfillment. Uh, and then, and that's success. Yeah, it's not just uh, like, you know, once you have achieved this, you are done, but it's an ongoing journey of fulfillments. Yeah. Beautifully put. So on this note, if if uh, our listeners want to find out more about Sean Josiah and this email profit academy, um yeah. how do they how do they do it? Um you can go to seanjosiah.com, S-H-A-W-N-J-O-S-I-A-H.com. Uh that's my personal website. So in there you can find all the different causes that I have. Um there's entry level causes that have made it that have made super affordable for everyone. Um, it's called Perpetual Income 365. So it's created because in the past, when I first got started with the business, I have to invest five figures worth of money just to get a business running. Plus, I was lost. I was lost with the technical uh, integration of everything. So I I, I remember telling myself uh, this goal. I said, once I hit my first million, I must create a product to reduce all these technical um, uh, difficulties and also to coach, you know? Um, so, and then I created a software. So when I first hit, when I get my, got my first million, I created this software and it's called Perpetual Income 365. So now if you get started with it, um, it's just going to cost you $9 to try for 14 days and then $47 per month to maintain the software. Uh, that's all, you know, instead of having to go through all the headache. And that's the, that's what I've solved in the industry. So we have, People who are 67 years old retired, right? Making 10K a month with this software. Legit. And this guy um, just got started with us. And we have got people 70 plus years old making their first $500 days, you know, with the software itself. So you can get started with that on um, on my website, Perpetual Country 365. And if you want more advanced training, it's going to be Email Profit Academy. Um, that's more advanced uh, and that's by application only. So I want to make sure I filter all my students proper. I don't take in uh, anyone that doesn't align with me. Uh, and then I've got a higher level mastermind. Um, and that one is more of a one-to-one uh, type of coaching. 
right? Um, so that one is uh, currently not available to the public yet. It's only through referrals. So uh, yeah, that one is going to cost more, but <laughs> students doing 50K, 30K a month uh, from that program. So that one is not open to public yet. Once it's out, just check out the website, seanjoseah.com and we'll get in touch. Awesome, awesome. So there's no excuse to saying that you can never pick up a second skill uh, when there's yep. one amazing carrot <laughs> that's in front of you right now. So jump on that, jump on that. Yeah, okay. I mean, give it a try, guys. Uh, if, it's, if it's suitable for you, you know, good. Good good for you, you know, you have found something that works. If, if it doesn't suit you, then it's fine. You know, we can part as friends. No hard feelings at all. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to add any value that I can to you guys. Um with whatever program that you join with me. Wonderful. Well, thanks, thanks, Sean, for getting on board this uh, podcast with me. Uh, you were the first awesome. person that's on my mind uh, to, <laughs> when I started this. Uh, my honor, project. bro. Yes, yeah. my honor. Thanks yeah. for having me, brother. Appreciate amazing, it. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, right. see you guys in the next uh, podcast and uh, take care. Take care, guys. It's been fun. It's been fun. Thanks for having me, Josh. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. I believe that you've learned a lot. Now, go out to your socials and find me on joshuahung.sg and let me know one thing that you're going to take action on to game on in your finance and life. Take care and see you in the next podcast.